Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind, Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 16th. The season is just fast, quickly sort of going by. This is week 11. Uh, my name is Michael Nazarek, and a host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, uh, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy player, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Very well. Like you said, it's week 11. A lot of leagues are getting close to maybe a trading deadline or certainly to their fantasy playoff run. And we'll talk about some of those opportunities and options going up, going forward. But, man, it's the time of year where the rubber's starting to meet the road. So it's always a, it's almost as exciting as, as draft day, whereas now it's, now it's where, where you really got to start thinking and planning, not only for this week but for the next few. That's exactly right. This is the start of the fantasy playoff drive. Uh, you got to win these games in order to make your playoffs. The uh, the big news story, of course, this week, past weekend, another stud running back goes down. Unfortunately, it's not for the year, but Aaron Jones in Green Bay uh, twisted his knee on a run, uh, limped off the uh, field, and is expected to miss one to two weeks with a sprained MCL. Uh, fortunately for the Packers, uh, they've got two games coming up here this week and next, uh, and then they have a bye. So it looks like he'll probably sit out the next two weeks and then get an extra week uh, with the bye and come back in week 14. So at least uh, you might not have him for the next two weeks. But, of course, uh, if, if you've uh, got Aaron Jones and you've got A.J. Dillon, there's no problem because A.J. Dillon is going to take over, probably uh, carry uh, most of the load there. Patrick Taylor, a little-known running back, is the uh, number two right now. So the question, uh, Chris, is the fantasy impact here, obviously you can't play Jones. Uh, what kind of running back or what kind of produce, uh, production do you expect from A.J. Dillon? And what do you think? Does Taylor have any kind of fantasy value at all as the uh, backup there? Uh, I'd be questionable. I'll answer the second one first. I'd be questioning whether Taylor has a huge impact. He certainly wouldn't have the impact of an A.J. Dillon. I can't see him getting – you know, the 30 to 40% of the snaps and touches that, that, that Dylan was getting when Aaron Jones was also playing, which is why I think actually Dylan could be a better fantasy producer than Aaron Jones was, not necessarily because he's a better runner or more gifted or anything, but because he doesn't have to split time in the same sort of way. I mean, in fact, if you look at the last two weeks, he had significantly outperformed and outproduced Aaron Jones over the last two weeks. And, I, you know, you're kind of wondering, is, is this the passing of the torch? So I, I think he's going to be great. He's going to be a solid RB1 each of the next two weeks because I, I agree with you. I think Jones is not going to play. So now you've got – if you're an Aaron Jones owner and you don't have Dylan, you've got basically the rest of your fantasy regular season without probably your number one back, your number two back at worst. 
So this is going to be really interesting, but I love A.J. Dillon for the next couple of weeks, even with a kind of a tough matchup next week. Uh, yes, uh, I felt the pain. Uh, FFPC to team uh, was the uh, main event, 9-0, and going into the last this past week. And if I've gotten those two touchdowns, or at least one of those, we wouldn't have lost by eight points, and now we don't have Aaron uh, Jones, and we lose Cooper Cup to buy this week. But we're nine and one, and uh, you know we'll manage. Uh, Going to make the playoffs there. I want to, of course, uh, clinch a one or two seed there. But uh, let's move on over to uh, the return of Cam Newton. Uh, yes, he was signed uh, by the Carolina Panthers at the meeting with the owner uh, Tepper, and everything went well. And he did not start, but of course they got right down to the uh, goal line there. He came into the game, uh, ran a first score, and then on another opportunity threw first score. And they're prepping him to start this week uh, against Washington. So fantasy impact, uh, 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 Chris. <laughs> What do you think of Cam Newton? Uh, do you automatically pick him up if uh, you need a quarterback? Uh, is he a, a good option, or is he pat, way past his prime? What, what, do you, what do you think? I think you pick him up even if you don't need a quarterback. In fact, I can honestly say in every single league I play in, I picked him up last week as soon as he signed. Uh, he's got value. He's, he, you're not going to tell me with his running ability that he's not going to be in the top. You know, He's not going to be at least a quarterback, too. Um, I think there are going to be some weeks he may be a quarterback one. I'm totally drinking the Kool-Aid on, on Cam Newton. I'll admit it. But, uh, but I mean, he scored 11 or 12 fantasy points last week. He played like eight snaps. You throw him in and have him just throw for like 100 yards and run for 20 more, now you're talking nearly a 20-point game with what he did already. So I think you can't not have him on your roster if the availability is there, if you have room. Um, the worst thing that happens is that you trade him with somebody who's even more quarterback desperate than you who wants to take a shot at, at a big potential payout during the playoffs. Look at his schedule the next five weeks as well. For the remainder of the season, he's got a tough game against Buffalo in a few weeks and a bye week coming up in 13. But the rest of his games all throughout week 17 and 18 are against teams at the very bottom end of, of the list and giving up fantasy points to quarterbacks. So he's got great opportunity to really be an impact player down the stretch of your fantasy regular season and even your playoffs. That's right. When uh, uh, we muddled through in a fan X with some uh, replacement players like C.J. Uzma and uh, Darnus Johnson, and uh, sitting at eight and two, three games up uh, on the division uh, with a, what a couple of games to play. It was a three, three or four games to play. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> we had some tough luck in the playoffs and such in that league, but uh, you know uh, what are we going for? Our fourth, uh, fourth title? Um, I can't remember. But Six. anyway, a really exciting time. Anyway, uh, over in Baltimore, they released Le'Veon Bell. Uh, that's probably a sign of Latavius Murray's coming back. Uh, Devonta Freeman has really been impressive, and I guess Tyson Williams is probably too cheap to cut. Uh, anything left for Le'Veon Bell? Uh, I've seen on Twitter people are like, hey, uh, do you think that he, maybe uh, maybe Pittsburgh picks him back up? I, don't, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's crazy, but is there anything left in the tank for Le'Veon Bell? My guess is no. If a team is running back desperate and is running back centric as the Ravens don't feel a need to keep him, especially without really a clear sign Latavius Murray is practicing yet, um, that speaks volumes to me. His, his yards per carry is way down. They also have two games against his, his healers that he played against and really you would imagine would be very motivated to play against in the next three or four weeks. If, they, if the Ravens under these circumstances can't see a reason to keep him, I really would be surprised if anyone else did as well. He's, he's probably more toast and more cooked than, than I even thought he was before. So uh, thanks for the, for the memories, Le'Veon. You've been, you were a great fantasy guy. 
my guess is you're not going to really see him do anything but disappear and fade into the sunset. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you there. Okay, uh, well, the big news last week while we were uh, preparing for the games and after we'd already taped the show was that uh, we were speculating about where OBJ was going, and I don't think any of us really, uh, you know, focused, either of us focused on the Los Angeles Rams, but that's exactly where he ended up playing, uh, signing with the Rams. Uh, unfortunately, Robert Woods torn ACL gone for the year, so they need uh, OBJ to step up. Uh, they they got one practice with him. They forced fed him the playbook. He got out there and in the first couple plays of the game, caught a pass, got another target, and then saw one target the rest of the game. And when they got in precari- uh, uh, you know, catch-up mode late in the game, he basically was on the sidelines for most of that. But what are your thoughts, uh, fantasy thoughts, moving forward for OBJ in L.A. as a Ram? Well, I know, you know, you know this, Mike. I sent you an email with a little bit of a summary of what I thought, and I, I really didn't think he had – it was going to be that big of an impact from a fantasy perspective um, because I said at the end, unless there's a major injury to Cup or Woods, and like 24 hours later there's a major injury to Woods. So he's going to have the chance now to step in. I know a lot of people were all excited, and then they saw him do nothing. Then all the naysayers saw him do nothing and think that's going to be the road forward. The nothing was a function of only being on the team for like 48 hours and being, like you said, in two-minute mode. I think he's going to be a much bigger part of this thing going forward, starting as soon as this week. Um, is he going to put up Robert Woods' numbers? No. I think he's, he's got to get that timing and stuff down, and that could take through the bye week um, and then some. But uh, I, I, I do think he's going to be fantasy, definitely fantasy rosterable, probably fantasy startable. Uh, although I think the short term is going to be Van Jefferson stepping up and maybe finally getting a little more end zone love than he's uh, shown so far. Yeah, the uh, the Rams actually have their bye week this week, so he's going to get right. a full two weeks uh, to practice and uh, soak up that playbook and uh, get the timing down with Matthew Stafford. And, and, and Matthew has struggled the last two week the two weeks the, the last two games. The Rams have lost uh, to Tennessee and uh, forty and the 49ers in shocking fashion, basically uh, really falling behind by more than one score. And Sean McVay said, "Hey, we're going to get work on this uh, during the bye. We're going to get this thing fixed and turned around." And uh, but he, they're not the only team. Uh, the Bucks lost. Uh, the Bills lost a couple of weeks ago. I mean, everybody's losing. Uh, I don't think that there's a, set, a one lost team uh, left in the NFL. Is there? Is there, Chris? I don't think. I think everyone's lost at least two games. That is correct. <laughs> yep. It's 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 going to be very interesting, and with the 18th game schedule, uh, hopefully there's going to be a lot of excitement uh, the last three or four weeks instead of a lot of teams wondering if you're going to sit Josh Allen, they're going to sit uh, Tom Brady and such. I don't think any of that's going to happen this year, but it's going to be really interesting. All right, uh, like I like we said earlier on, the fantasy playoff run is starting. Trade deadlines are coming up. Any uh, specific fantasy tips you want to offer to fantasy owners uh, and players as they're uh, contemplating what to do as to get their team ready? For for the playoffs? Yeah, I think you really need to make an honest assessment of where you are. If you are virtually guaranteed to make the playoffs, let's say you're eight and two and, you know, you just got to basically win two games in your last four or something, you're probably going to make the playoffs. Now you start looking at playoff matchups um, going forward. That was a kind of a tiebreaker back in your draft, but a lot has changed. You now have 10 or 11 weeks worth of data on what this year's teams look like. You can start looking at fantasy matchups going forward into your key playoff weeks and try to kind of plan for that. Um, conversely, if you are going to have to struggle to make the playoffs, you basically have to say the hell with the, with the matchups in the playoff weeks. I need the matchups between now and the end of my regular season and try to maximize 
your potential to make the playoffs and then just take your chances and hope everything, you know, anyone can win from there on out. So, again, you, you might be able to think about who you trade and who you trade for based on whether you need to win now or whether you're pretty confident you can make it now and you need to win later. Um, the other thing I, I think you want to think about is if you're in a league with have keepers, um, obviously you don't want to tank. You don't want to just dump all your guys like they do in baseball <laughs> for the regular, in the regular season, like the Cubs did this, this year in the regular season. But for example, you may have two guys that are fairly evenly valued um, normally, assuming everyone's healthy, like let's say a, a Devontae Adams and, and a DeAndre Hopkins. And one of my leagues, this is a specific example, I've got DeAndre Hopkins. He can be kept for three more seasons. Devontae Adams has to be released based on the way the contracts work in this league at the end of this year, so he can't be kept. Now, the guy that's got Devontae Adams, I, I offered him DeAndre Hopkins and a little bit of something more to sweeten the pot a little bit, knowing that I'm getting a rental of Devontae Adams, but he's a little bit better down the stretch run with better matchups than, than DeAndre Hopkins. You can make trades like that if you look at what the rules are for who you can keep and who you can't keep. So you really want to think about maximizing what you need to do to get into the playoffs, like I said, and then to win the playoffs. Because that's what it's all about. Nobody cares if you finish second. It's just, uh, you know, that second place is the first loser, right? That, that's right. That's right. You know, there, there, there's no, uh, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. That's our old slogan on the site for Mastermind. Uh, you make a good point there. Uh, Steve Yerger, our IDP specialist, and I co-manage a team in in the Half Axe League, and it's a dynasty IDP auction league. And uh, we were purring along, uh, winning most of our games. I believe we're still seven and three. Uh, in consecutive weeks, we lost Derrick Henry and Robert Woods, and uh, we started putting out feeler uh, trade uh, feelers uh, for uh, you know running back at first, running back before Woods went down uh, for for Derrick Henry and such. And uh, we've still got Derrick Henry on IR, but we managed to make a trade where we acquired Saquon Barkley and Devontae Booker and just gave up a few minor players. This team that we were, we were uh, trading with obviously was a losing team. I think they were either a one-win or, or winless completely. And the guy was desperate for, for draft capital, so we traded him like a third-round draft pick. Uh, along with a couple other minor players uh, for Saquon Barkley and, and Devontae Booker. And, and this week, uh, with Robert Woods going down, uh, we're offering uh, – we, we we're looking for wide receiver help, and we've had a couple of offers involving uh, receiving Mike Evans. Unfortunately, the guy wants Derrick Henry in return. <laughs> That's our franchise player for next year. So, But uh, we've gotten some similar trade offers like that. And so, uh, you know, whether you're uh, winning or losing, uh, look to the future. If you're losing and you're in a dynasty or a keeper league, you don't want to try and acquire draft picks and use the players that you can't keep next year, uh, you know, in order to get, uh, you know, additional draft picks. And, by the way, the Barkley guy, you couldn't, uh, couldn't keep him there. He had a better uh, uh, a player for a franchise player um also uh, on that team we have kittle and but his his uh, contract expiring so if we were losing we probably want to shop him to see if we could get some kind of draft pick in return but uh you know uh, we're trying to win it all right now and and kittle's about the best tight end of their <laughs> playing right now with with kelsey but it, that's just the point of those tips there people that work the trade uh, deadline don't let the trade deadline go if you're uh in in just because you have a really good record if you have some injuries key injuries 
injuries that can really kill you in the fantasy playoffs, or if you're on the verge of making the playoffs or you really need to to, to boost a, and, and if you can trade away some maybe some draft capital and get some players that will help you win and, and win, a, win a trophy. I always play to win now, so I'd rather much rather win win it now and worry about uh, next year, next year, uh, rather than trying to, uh, you know, uh, if I've got a mediocre team here that may make the playoffs, I'm not going to tank uh, just to, to, to get draft picks to, work, you know, to boost my team for next year. Anyway, let's get right uh, to the um, – uh, injury list real quickly here uh, because we're running long on time. We just yapped all night. Kyler Murray with the ankle. He's close to playing this week for Arizona. They need him back badly. Ben Roethlisberger's coming off the COVID-19 list. Hopefully later this week he has a chance to play. If he does, he was vaccinated, so if he gets two negative tests back. Alvin Kamara with the knee. We'll see by Friday if he's practicing. Cordero Patterson is an interesting case. He was limited in practice on Tuesday. The initial report, they had a high ankle sprain. He was unlikely to play, but we're not so sure about that now. It really depends on what he does on Wednesday. If you're listening to this by Friday, you're going to know whether he played or not. Uh, if you're listening to it Tuesday night or Wednesday, then watch the practice report, and we'll make a decision there. Um, Saquon Barkley uh, practiced on Monday. Seems ready to play. We'll see if he can make it through the week. Nick but on the COVID-19 list, hopefully they hope that he can come off and play uh, this week, although Dernis Johnson has done more than a good job there. Uh, CEH, uh, who we own at FanX uh, with the sprained MCL, I think that uh, they think that he has a really good chance to come off the uh, the IR list and, and play this week. We'll see if he can practice later this week. Uh, Chris Carson, there's some optimism there with the neck placed on IR, but the designated return, he's set to practice on Wednesday. We'll see if he can. Uh, Damian Harris uh, returned to a limited practice today. He may play on Thursday night. We'll see. Latavius Murray uh, with the ankle. Uh, we'll see if he can practice. It looks like uh, something's good there because, they, like I said, they, they got rid of Le'Veon Le Bell. DeAndre Hopkins with a hamstring. We'll see later in the week. Uh, same is issue with ankle with Antonio Brown. Sterling Shepard, the quad, he worked on the side on Monday. We'll see later this weekend. Mike Tomlin said Chase Claypool with the toe should practice on Wednesday. That bodes well for him playing this week. Two notes on tight ends. Rob Gronkowski with the back, probably not going to play last week. They said he probably needs another two to three weeks. And Dallas Goder with the concussion. He's in the protocol. We'll see if he can clear that by the end of the week, and he'll play. And then we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. We've got a free NFL Quick Bits feature. We've been updating with NFL news every day, pretty much every day for the last 25-plus years, 26, uh, since 1996. Uh, free INS Sky Scanner reports from our uh, scouts, including Chris Rito, that covers the Colts. Our weekly in-season fantasy newsletter, mid-season sales, fourteen ninety-five. You can check out free samples week 10s, uh, last uh, week's market, free for all to view, uh, in addition to the inside slant from week four, and then, of course, the market again from week three. And please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, this week's picks to click and flick from or onto your starting lineup. Give me a couple quarterbacks, Chris, that you like this week and why. 
Well, like I said, it's a perfect storm for his return to the starting role for Cam Newton and a return to some fantasy prominence, at least for one week. Um, I'd be surprised if he's not under center on Sunday. He had some high-value touches in action after just a few days, like we mentioned. You know he wants to play well in front of his coach for nine years, Ron Rivera, who's his opponent, and he gets the luxury of facing the NFL's most generous pass defense without their best disruptor, Chase Young, who's now out for the year. Washington's allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks without playing many mobile guys, and they have a lot of touchdowns of the only two mobile guys, Jones and Josh Allen, that they played. I'm actually starting Cam over Derek Carr and a gimpy Kyler Murray in a big fantasy game this week. Um, and then I like Tua uh, this week. Uh, the Jets have allowed 25 or more fantasy points five straight weeks to the quarterback, and they seem to get more generous each week. Tua, on the other hand, has averaged 24 points per game this year in his four-and-a-half games. So the numbers seem to indicate he's in for a very solid QB1 sort of day. Um, I think with a suspect running game that they have, too, the air looks like a better bet than usual to attack a fairly toothless Jets defense. Okay. A couple guys I like this week. Uh, Mac Jones threw three touchdowns last week, didn't throw for 200 yards, but he's still playing well, and he faces a terrible Falcon secretary uh, on the road uh, this Thursday night. Road and home um, games don't make much difference during the pandemic. It's very interesting. Uh, but I think Mac Jones is going to throw at least a couple touchdowns in this game. So if you start, a, if you need him, start him. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has thrown a touchdown pass and run for a touchdown in the last two weeks since they lost Derrick Henry. He's playing Houston this week. I think he throws for a couple, maybe runs for another one. He's going to produce as you need him to produce. So if you if you need him, start him. Uh, like you said, a couple of guys I'm concerned about. Taylor Heineke, Washington. The, boy, the Panthers' defense is really, really good. Uh, I think Heineke's going to struggle in this game. I know they played really well against uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think they were up for that game. I don't think that they're going to be come out ready for this game. I think uh, Antonio Gibson's probably having his, his issues, too. Uh, but for Heineke, I'm really concerned I'd sit him. And, of course, Matt Ryan, uh, two weeks ago against the Saints, their secondary outside of Marcus Lattimore, not very good. Uh, well, uh, you know, he, he, he saw what the Dallas did, uh, did to him last Last week, he gets the Patriots uh, without Calvin Ridley and maybe without uh, Cordero Patterson. I know if Cordero Patterson is not playing this game, there's no way I would start Matt Ryan. Uh, It could be very ugly, uh, almost as ugly as last week. He ended up winning the game with like four points after he got benched in the second half. Ugly. All right, how about a couple of uh, quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, a recent darling for the click list is Carson Wentz, uh, but he's produced most of his fantasy value this season by being a big touchdown producer in limited passing attempts. But the Bills have allowed an astoundingly low six touchdown passes in nine games uh, total so far. That's less than half of the second-best pass defense. This is despite playing with a big lead a lot of the time. I just can't see a path towards a fantasy starter stat line for Wentz this week, even if they get behind and he throws it 50 times. Um, and then another guy is Kirk Cousins. He's got a really interesting stat line here. For the first seven years of his career, Cousins absolutely tore up Green Bay. In four games, he averaged 367 and three touchdowns. But in the last three seasons, he's played him twice a year. He's averaged only 192 points per, yards per game and only one touchdown in, in a game in these four games. Clearly, they've got him figured out. And recently, the Packers defense has figured everybody out. They've smothered three really good quarterbacks in the last three weeks, holding Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes, and Russell Wilson to a total of 39 fantasy points and one passing touchdown and only an average of 200 yards per game. I'm going to trust the hot hand of the recent history on both sides of this equation and avoid the unpredictable Cousins uh, if possible. He's actually outside of my top 15 this week. Ouch. All right, how about running back position? A couple of guys you like this week and why? Uh, Two guys I used to confuse for each other. I'll start with Devonta Freeman. Uh, I think the Bears have been beat up by rookies in the last few games and bludgeoned by a string of RBBCs before that. They've allowed the most fantasy points per game to running backs 
in, in recent weeks. And with a many-headed running game in Baltimore, I suspect there'll be a lot of ground carnage here. Freeman's established himself as the 1A in this RBBC. And then the release of Levy and Bell, like we talked about, decreases competition for touches. And I'm still not sure Murray's going to be back in full capacity this week. So I think Freeman's going to continue his domination of those touches. And then much like Devonta Freeman, I like Dante Foreman. Um, if you count the touches and snaps of the Titans games without Derrick Henry, you see a fairly even three-headed RBBC. But if you watch the tapes and look at the fantasy numbers, you see that Foreman is really asserting himself as the best option in that backfield and by far the most explosive. Since his call-up from the practice squad, Foreman has been gaining touches at the expense of the other two guys each week. And this week, if he just takes over just a little bit more, and remember he faces that Texans team that allows the second most rushing yards and the most points per game. Um, This opponent is so weak, all the Titans running backs are a viable play. And the fact that it's a bit of a revenge game for Foreman, who was injured and released as a Texan, with them taking a shot at him, saying he didn't work hard enough, I think he's got a lot of motivation, uh, even more than a standard revenge game this week. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. And, uh, of course, I've got a couple of running backs I like this week. And one of them is Adrian Peterson, uh, mostly because of the, uh, the the carries that he'll get at the goal there. Like you say, Foreman has really been explosive uh, much more than Peterson. It's a fairly even, almost uh, three-man RBBC. Uh, but I think that uh, they're going to have plenty of opportunities to get near the goal there, and I think AP is going to score. So in a basic scoring league, he's really a good pick. Uh, in the PPR, uh, not so much, but, you know, still, I, I like him this week. Uh, Miles Gaskin, uh, boy, you know, up and down, up and down. Uh, didn't do much. He uh, got, got tackled near the one stuffed at the goal uh, last week. Uh, but guess what? They're playing the Jets this week, so I think he's going to score and rack up the yards. So if you need him, start him. I'm starting him in a couple of leagues this week. Uh, a couple of guys I'm, I'm concerned about, Alex Collins for Seattle. Uh, they're playing uh, the Cardinals, and I think that if he starts, uh, whether uh, Chris Carson plays or not, if Alex Collins starts, I think, the Cardinals are going to limit him, so I'd be careful, careful there. And I already mentioned this guy, Antonio Gibson. I know he really surprised against the Bucks with a score. Uh, they got around the goal line and such. He still only ran for 60-some-odd yards. Uh, it's just not going to come very easy against the Panthers. So, you know, it's a caution play. You're going to start him, cross your fingers, and hope maybe he gets a goal line score. But if he comes up with 40 or 50 yards rushing and a couple of short passes, um, don't say you didn't hear it uh, because that's what I'm saying probably is going to happen. <laughs> All right, how about you, Chris, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, one of the recent guys that jumped out is Jordan Howard, but only two guys have gone over 50 yards rushing against the Saints defense, and each of them took over 20 carries to do it because they've allowed under three yards per carry all year. With no clear path to that sort of workload in this RBBC in Philly, Howard's going to be dependent on touchdowns to produce value, and the Saints haven't allowed many of those either. So in the strong interior backs like Howard have actually fared worse than the speedier backs. So I think the success might shift a little more towards Boston Scott this week. You know, Howard just gashed some bad run defenses and was average against an average defense. This week he's playing a really tough one. It should be down. And then my caution play this week is actually Austin Eckler. Um, Just because of the specific nature of the Steelers' defense and his particular skills, he derives a fair amount of his value from the passing game and from scoring, but the Steelers allow among the fewest receptions and yards in the air to running backs and they've yet to yield a passing score to the running back. They've also specifically taken away that aspect of, from some of the good receiving backs they've faced, like DeAndre Swift last week. Um, they've given up an average number of yards rushing, but they've only yielded three rushing scores, so the fantasy potential is really reduced. So with Eckler having only rushed for more than 65 yards once this year, I just think he's a weaker play than usual because of the reduced touchdown and PPR value for him. Okay, how about the wide receiver? Who are a couple of guys you like and why? I like Devonta Smith. He's got two big weeks in a row against two teams that usually do not allow much to the wide receiver. 
And this week, the Eagles face a team that they likely cannot run against and that allows the second most fantasy points per game to the receiver. Um, the Saints have been especially generous since their bye, allowing six touchdowns and 400-yard games to receivers in the last four weeks. I think the rookie looks like he's finally figured it out, and he's playing like the rare gem that is a wide receiver that won a Heisman Trophy. Uh, and then I love Corey Davis this week. He, he's actually on the fringe of wide receiver two territory and has been a consistent fantasy producer on a bad team when he's on the field. Um, after missing games on and off, he steps right back in and leads the team in targets, regardless of the quarterback or the opponent, averaging seven targets and 14 PPR points per game in the six games he's played. And this week he faces a Dolphins team that's been very generous to opposing wide receivers with the second most receptions, second most yards, and the third most touchdowns. I think he's got a better than 50-50 chance of a TD this week, and I think he's going to stay the focal point of the Jet passing game. All right, a couple of wide receivers on, like, uh, well, A.J. Brown, who coming off another bad game. Was Marcus Lattimore was all over him for the Saints, so guess what? He gets Houston this week, so it's an auto start there. Uh, really another semi-collect that I like uh, for you people that might need a wide receiver. Marcus Johnson, he's replaced to Julio Jones, who went on IR and hamstring. Uh, Johnson had, uh, what, five catches and 100 yards last week against against Houston. I think he can, he can, he can duplicate that feat, so if you need a guy it's in PPR, I think um, Marcus Johnson's there for you. Also, Jacoby Myers, hey, he finally got a score, but he caught it from the backup quarterback. Well, they all count, and guess what? He faces the Atlanta Falcons secretary this week, so I wouldn't be surprised if actually uh, they pull Jones after the Patriots get way up uh, and Brian Hoyer comes in and throws another score to Jacoby Myers. Anyway, I think Myers is going to get his, so uh, he's a much safer play this week uh, than in the recent past here. He he had been trending down. A couple guys I'm concerned about, uh, Justin Jefferson, Minnesota caution play, Packers and not allowed a wide receiver to score since week number seven, as well as uh, let me tell you exactly what Chris, Chris told me in an email here. Uh, I have to say this exactly. The two last games that Justin Jefferson played uh, against the Green Bay Packers defense last week, he had his two worst games uh, of the year, uh, two for 23 and two for 26 with no scores. So I know you're all going to start Justin Jefferson. Cross your fingers, hope that uh, things change here. But don't be surprised if he has one of his down games. Marcus Callaway for the Saints. Uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, the Eagles uh, were playing really good. Uh, the secondary is playing really well right now. Uh, Marquez is not the primary there. Deontay Harris is. Uh, Marquez has been scoring recently. I just don't think he's going to do it this week. I'd be careful about him this week. Um, they'll look elsewhere. How about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? I think Michael Pittman is an obvious starter, but he's a caution play this week. Um, he's one that's he's a guy that's a stud, but he's really yet to face a top end corner or a top ten pass defense very often. And this week he gets the top rated Bills pass defense and a true shutdown corner in Tredavious White. They've allowed a league low in receiving yards and touchdowns to wide receivers, and the top guy usually has not been the top guy in Bills week. Uh, you got to start him, but don't be surprised if he's held to one of his lower outputs. This offense is built to spread it around when they take him away. And then Allen Robinson. I know the Ravens are fairly generous to the fantasy passing game, but specifically to the deep threat only. They've allowed the fewest receptions to wide receivers and really have only have trouble with speed guys running deep. This doesn't bode well for a possession guy like Robinson, who has fallen in the pecking order on a run-first team with sketchy quarterback play. Um, some people are ready to cut bait on him until he hit his season high of 68 yards and 10.8 PPR points last week. Seriously, that's his season high. Uh, but unless he goes off unexpectedly this week, I'm recommending a week 12 roster drop as well as the weekend. There's a week 11 flick. Ouch. All right. Uh, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? 
Uh, love Adam Troutman this week. In two games with Trevor Simeon under center, Troutman's come alive with 13 targets and eight and a half PPR points per game. Um, his increased usage intrigues me, but his opponent hammers home my interest because the Eagles have been the NFL's most generous to the tight end, allowing eight touchdowns in the position in the last eight games. The only two games they didn't allow a tight end to score, they allowed 10 for 89 to Hawkinson and eight for 136 to the Denver duo. So this looks like a lock for a solid PPR scoring with a great chance for a TD. And I like CJ Uzoma this week. Uh, the only team as generous to the tight end as the Eagles in the last month or so has been the Raiders. And they'll be facing a Cincinnati team that is well-rested off a of bye. Um, Uzoma is not high in the pecking order, but he's had huge games when facing poor pass defenses because he often gets left alone while they try to double-team you know, guys like Chase and Higgins. Uh, no one's allowed more passing touchdowns the last five weeks in Vegas, and they had a bye week in there. So I think the, the, the passing game should be really huge for Joe Burrow. Okay, I agree with both those. A couple of tight ends I like this week. Pat Frymuth in <clears throat> Big Ben plays. I think he's going to score on the Chargers. Why? Because they've given up seven tight end TDs in 2021. They limit the wide receivers, but they have trouble guarding the tight end. And uh, Big Ben's locked on to Frymuth there recently. Dawson Knox returned from a broken hand. I caught one early pass last week, didn't do much. I think he's going to rebound against the Colts with a score this week. Why? Because the Colts' run defense is very good, uh, but their pass defense not good. Uh, the Bills are, are uh, spreading around. Last week it was Gabriel Davis. Uh, Cole Beasley's beat up a little bit. Emmanuel Sanders there. Of course, Diggs is going to get his. I just think they get around the red zone here, and Dawson Knox is going to catch one in the red zone for a score. So if you uh, need him, start him. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, Dallas Godert, uh, obviously, concussion. And in the Saints' tight end defense, very good against the tight ends. Uh, it's, he's a caution play for me. And then, of course, the mixture of Mo Cox and Jack Doyle. The Bills have allowed just two tight end TDs in 2021 and none recently. So I'd uh, sit those guys, even in a basic scoring league. I think that there's a very little chance that they're going to score. How about you, Chris, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Uh, Kyle Pitts, I could just say rookie tight end, forget it. But uh, the reality is is that, uh, you know, the three games since Ridley started to sit out, he's only averaged seven PPR points per game, he's only top times in nine games. You just can't count on him, especially when you realize with Ridley and maybe Patterson out this week, the Patriots always take away your best weapon, or in this case, your only weapon. He's in for a long day on a short week. And then Gerald Everett, yes, I know he had a career and a team-high eight catches on eight targets on Sunday. Don't get excited. He only had 14 catches and 17 targets the whole rest of the year coming into last week. He's had the same number of snaps, the same number of TDs and red zone targets as Will Disley. This is a true tight end by committee. It's not just Geno Smith. He struggled with Russ under center, too. I'm sure the Hawks are going to focus on getting the ball to their two wide receivers who didn't get squat last week rather than force it to the tight end against a team that doesn't allow anything to, to the tight end. Okay. Uh, well, it's time for the one-hit wonders. Uh, how about uh, your choices at kicker and defense? Love Chase McLaughlin. He's just got a sputtering Cleveland offense and a Lions team that allowed the most field goal attempts so far this year and the second most kicker points. Just watch out for the weather in Cleveland, though, in case that's a factor. I like Dustin Hopkins. Pittsburgh allows a fair amount of kicker points, and they'll be playing in good weather under the roof in L.A. And then a little bit of a bonus, Joey Sly on his third team for the year. He's had a three field goal game for all three of them, and he's not the only one in a reunion game. He started with Carolina. He'll be kicking against Carolina this week. Uh, a couple of defenses, I, you know, you got to love Frisco against Jacksonville. Um, the Niners were often the top draft of defense this year, so you know they have talent, and they're playing better recently in Jacksonville or Jacksonville. So um, I also love the Chargers at, at home against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's down some wide receivers and possibly Big Ben again, 
and they have yet to play outside the Great Lakes region yet this year. Their only road games were Green Bay, Buffalo, and, uh, and Cleveland. So um, I think uh, L.A. can get some pressure, even with Bosa just being put on the COVID list today. I think Pittsburgh could have some trouble moving the ball. Okay. Well, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nazarek. See you all next week when we preview week 12 of the 2021 NFL season. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.